This is a production from The Companion. Sci-fi served fresh. Um, how do we intro this? What was the intro we used before? You're, you're listening. <laughs> you're listening. You're listening to The Companion's Audio Articles Extra Edition. Because this is not an audio article at all. This is the making of behind the scenes, shedding light based off of our wonderful member feedback. Who are you? I'm Lawrence Cow. <laughs> I'm Lawrence Cow. Um, and I'm Rebecca Davis. And you might have been hearing our voices, maybe as an alarm clock? Maybe. Maybe as you fell asleep as we whispered into... I want to say we really lulled some people to sleep. Yeah. But yeah, no, we wanted to lift the veil a little bit. Um, and just, yeah, just let you in on the kind of um, process on how audio articles came to be and how it took so long. And I know you all at The Companion before I started had also discussed audio articles. So maybe kick us off by telling us a little history of those audio articles and where you came from with them with the companion and where we are now with it i don't know if you remember we did release an audio article with a voice actress uh, with an actress i shouldn't call her voice actress with an actress named cara and somehow that recording i think didn't quite click Nothing to do with her performance, because I seem to remember we recorded three, and I couldn't even tell you which three. I know for sure the Sam and Jacob Carter article that ended up being the last episode in the season one. We had her read a Farscape article. Okay. And I recorded a completely separate Loki article around. Uh, his myth and mythos, mythos, mm-hmm. um, where Logie has always been a queer icon. Mm-hmm. And it was actually recorded in the same exact seat you're sitting in right now. Oh, wow. With a Star Wars alum, Stephen. Okay. My neighbor, Stephen Bailey. I don't think he'll, you know, mind me um, saying his full name uh, because he's the only named stormtrooper, I think. TK421, who lives in my building. Yeah. And so I don't know if that one will ever be released um, or maybe I'll read it. Um, But yeah, it'd be quite interesting getting Steven to read maybe like a Star Wars article. Sure. I, you know, members have been asking for audio articles for a while. Members have said like they work in environments where, you know, reading is really tough for them uh, or they're always on the move. They've even asked for robot versions, and we looked at a lot of different options. We looked at options that sounded more like a robot, some that sounded like men or women or deeper voices or higher voices. Were they asking for robot versions just because they're just like, I just want anything like I think so. delivered as part so. of the article? Yeah, I think so. Partly that. And, you know, we thought about it um, because it would be easier as a team to be able to produce it and just get it out the door. But to be honest, it just doesn't sit well with me when we just make things 
for speed. Now, the thing that we probably messed up and the opposite of speed is going slow. We asked a number of different Stargate actors um, and we got very, very close to bringing Gary Jones on board to actually reading them uh, instead of, for example, Rebecca and myself. But uh, dates couldn't line up. Um, he was getting jobs or we would get busy. GateCon came around, GateCon went. Really lovely guy. I'm sure we'll work together. And we've been speaking about working together for two, three years now. Mm. Uh, it just couldn't, you know, we couldn't get there. And I remember we were talking about this really at this point, only like four weeks ago. And, you know, I was like, screw it. I remember it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday and we were talking about it. We had a game plan. We would have people directing us um, who would spot check. You know, sometimes when you're reading, your eyes go really fuzzy. And, yeah. And if, if anyone out there has like read things aloud for several hours, your eyes do weird things afterwards. You understand that. But you think the words are different words yes. to what's coming out of your mouth. That's actually what happens. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I just said, screw it. Like. I'm going to see how long it takes. And, you know, if anyone knows when you first start off with any kind of recording, production, edit, film, there's like a huge list of things you need to do, right? Like what kind of logo, what kind of theme song, what kind of sound effects, what are the vibes? Where do we get them from? If it actually ends up being good, can you clear the music? Can you do the sound effects? And um, Living With Loss was the first uh, the Jack O'Neill piece, Living With Loss, was the first piece I recorded. And it took about five hours. And the version that you hear now is very different than the version that was actually recorded because I didn't use any music. I only used ambiance and I only used sound effect. A fireman. But across the multiverse, the one constant is that Jack O'Neill's son, Charlie, has died. This never changes. But across the multiverse, the one constant is that Jack O'Neill's son, Charlie, has died. This never changes. This is why Stargate SG-1 connects. And Rebecca, <laughs> um, so I said, don't worry, don't worry, we're going to kick off on Monday. We had a plan on the Friday. Yep. And Rebecca um, came back and said, oh, my, my issue is I have hyperfixation sometimes. <laughs> And so now that you've created one, I might, I might create a second one, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll. Yeah. So describe to me your thought process on creating the second. We had that later than normal hours, like chat between the two of us about the audio articles. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll probably get to something this weekend. It was literally, we got off that call and I started recording it. Because I think it was important to me, knowing that you were doing yours and knowing that we were going to kind of share the audio. Right. So the original, the original plan was we knew that you started to become blind to your own production. Mm -hmm. So the idea was I would edit Rebecca's mm -hmm. and, Re and Rebecca would edit my readings. Mm -hmm. But something spurred me on that Thursday night, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I just said, yeah, F it. I'm just going to do the whole thing. Mm -hmm. 
just to get a minimum kind of prototype. I wanted to get a proof of concept that made people, the team, I guess, like see what the audio articles could be. Mm-hmm. And I think with the feedback from the team, what was really well, nice about it or appreciate it is, um, you know, the, the, the feedback was, oh, this isn't just for accessibility. This is an entirely different kind of production that, you know, we didn't necessarily realize in our mind's eye. Right. And I think that's the hard thing about teams and creative processes or anything. It's um, everyone kind of has their own idea or their own vision for what the thing might be. And I don't know, maybe maybe you feel this way, too. But I think my reasoning for kind of going off the rails on the plan, we made the plan, we abandoned the plan was that when you're in the article reading it and you're you're feeling those emotions as you're reading it, you're like, I know exactly what I want here, you know? And if I, if I, like, I know what needs to go here. So you want to put it there. For me, that was a big thing. I was like, I can hear the type of music that needs to go right here. I don't hear necessarily the music when I was reading it. I might hear sound effects. Mm-hmm. I might hear different emotions that I want to be reading or not reading or try. But uh, I know I don't hear the music weirdly. And in fact, I usually enjoy the process, but I actually find it quite annoying. I don't know why. I don't know why, because I do really enjoy editing. But for some reason, the music process and that audio side of it is not something that comes necessarily, I don't know if natural is the right word. Um and I think your music choices were better. I was really, I was really struggling. I'm not going to lie. I was really struggling. Yeah. And there was, um, I remember distinctly with living with loss, I didn't want to use music in the beginning. This is the first night's edit. And I only use like ambiance. But then I think you recorded the Kaylee um, letter to my daughter, Firefly article, and you used the folk music, the twang. Yep. And then I thought, Oh, crap. I wouldn't have to do that, too. Dearest little one, I was born into a world that I didn't quite fit into. For a long time, I looked up into the skies, wished upon all the stars that I could see, and dreamed of becoming an astronaut. Like, it forced me to then rethink all of the other, Mm -hmm. you know, productions. Um, So, yeah, that's, again, like... You know, you sometimes need people to push you in different creative ways. And um, absolutely. Yeah. The one one other thing that we, um, I think, interestingly ran into an issue with um, is that L. Twine's article, who, um, you know, talks about the Matrix and, you know, um, her own trans story. Uh, I originally read it because I think when we were originally reading the article, it talked about both, you know, pre-transition. It talks about the matrix itself. And in the article, if you haven't um, listened to it or read it yet, it's a minor spoiler, but she still goes out in public at times with the full on beard Having to deal with, yeah, being as a safety issue, safety issue, um, identifying, I guess, safety issue. And also, man, I, yeah, I, 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 having read that article out loud was so interesting because the whole issue of, of the wait list to be able to start 
the steps to be more passing as a trans person, like all of that. Yeah. And so we checked in with Elle, of course. And, you know, she said, well, initially I thought it being read by a woman's voice, I think is is what she said was um, what she had thought, but actually you reading it as a, as a man or a guy reading it is um, not an issue, but no one else would know that. No one knows we've had these conversations internally. Um, and so, yeah, that was one of the productions where we have two full versions effectively. What this meant to me though, was the same threatening thing in my own journey with self-identity and potential losses. I may not be losing the core core basics basics of a a social social security security number, but in my period period of self-discovery, I had an agent Smith in my head telling me what simple joys I might be stripped of. We want to respect you know, especially the comments from the author, if you're going to get that feedback, it's wonderful to have. So, yeah, yeah. Editor's note. Rebecca here. Between the publishing of the Matrix article and now, and along their personal journey, Eltwine has changed to they, them pronouns. We, of course, used she, her pronouns in this discussion, and L themselves talks a lot in their article about being a trans woman. This is a wonderful example of how we are all constantly growing, changing, and becoming more comfortable in the whole spectrum of gender. And I can tell you, oftentimes, it takes quite a while to fully figure it out. And so, season one, mm-hmm. um, we actually, as we were going, we like swapped in lots of different stories. Um, we had a totally different short list. We had some articles on like the X-Files. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I particularly wanted to do was, um, you know, I know we have a lot of Stargate fans, you know, we've always wanted to include Stargate, but we thought, well, how focused on Stargate should we be? And by the time you joined uh, as a member, we were pretty full on into Stargate and or Stargate adjacent franchises like a Firefly right. or something else like that. So, um, so yeah, I think a lot of those early articles are absolutely wonderful. And that's why... The Last Action Heroes, The Changing Faces of Sci-Fi, The Theme Park Ride, mm-hmm. um, Extraterrestrial. Yeah, I had no idea that article. Exists. Oh, right. Like, no clue. Until you mentioned it, like, a couple of months ago, probably the first time. A frightening theatrical experience. Loud noises. Total darkness. Triggered a family meeting. My father, our designated lab rat, will go in alone. And report back. You know, hopefully with some of these stories and these articles, you could discover something new like that. And then right. and maybe it, it gets you to watch like, something for the first time. Like The Matrix. Like The Matrix, <laughs> which is crazy, young members. I appreciate it came out 23 years ago. Yeah. And Rebecca and I are over 40, mm-hmm. so we are old. Older, we're older. But I'm surprised how many of our members in our one-to-one interviews with them have not seen The Matrix. It's a bit shocking to me as well. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not going to call any of you out. I just think maybe take a couple hours and watch The Matrix. <laughs> not only did we make these audio articles, we, we, we planned to put them out. We did a test run. We released things in certain ways so that we could get some pure data based on listeners and feedback and everything. And one of the huge ones was being able to have one-to-one interviews. And we got some really interesting 
comments. The first one being interesting, especially to me, because it's based on my article, which is the Janet article being as polarizing as it was for people as far as when asked their favorite articles. Yeah. So um, what, what Rebecca is referring to is that the Janet Frazier audio article mm-hmm. was cited as both a favorite article <laughs> and also the least favorite. <laughs> and it wasn't that it was bad, but it's quite interesting. No other audio article made it onto both lists. In personal experience through Three Fries Short podcast and my co-hosts even, Heroes Part 1 and 2, I think, is in and of itself kind of polarizing. Some some people like me love it. It's my fav- probably my favorite SG-1 set of episodes. I think it's an amazing chunk of television in general. And some people really don't. And it's probably because, spoiler alert, the ever-dependable Dr. Janet Frazier had also gone through the gate that day, medical gear in hand. And she had been fighting to save the life of a wounded soldier when a shot from a Jaffa shuttle hit her squarely, rendering the new protective vest designed by the SGC useless to save her. Janet dies in it, and that's really hard. She sees us still alive, I'm pretty sure. Well, in no, an alternate timeline, she is. We see that in season 10. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think some people just have a really hard time with that episode. I've heard people that say I can never watch that episode again. So I think it's probably to do with that, but I could, I could be wrong. Um, the other thing that I found interesting, so we found that a lot of our members like the sub 20 minute length. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, interestingly, um, members tended to choose um, the articles that were under 20 minutes, uh, at least choose those first. Um, and I thought that was quite interesting because I listened to, I mean, I listen to podcasts that are much longer, even if they're a bit more like documentary led or narrative led, 45 minutes, an hour, three fresh short podcasts can go into the hours. We've gone two hours before you. <laughs> right. Hours. And um, yeah, I guess the feedback that we got was with, particularly with our stories, people didn't like to listen to them in multiple sittings, like one episode. They wanted to be able to hear the whole entire story. So um, obviously we won't be able to change, you know, the, the length of the read, the length of the articles. Um, but yeah, we'll try to, you know, think about when people are, are on the treadmill mm-hmm. or cycling, you know, to, the, to work or to school um, or walking their dog. That is what you companion members do when you listen to our audio articles. We will try to be mindful to hopefully slot perfectly into your, your daily routine. Sure. We had some feedback, too, if you haven't listened to all, the art, um, all of the audio articles episodes. Some of them get quite emotional. We'll get sad. Um, sometimes it's deep analysis that they really want to process and take in. And so actually binging was not very popular yeah. um, with our season one. Rebecca, when you listen to podcasts, which podcast player do you use? I, and do you know my answer? No, I don't. I use Apple Podcasts. Okay. So when I started, I went down a path of Apple Podcasts. 
I'm a Spotify premium subscriber. So I, I have start- Spotify. See, I listen to my music on Spotify. Right. It's interesting. So I started using Spotify. I felt like it was not a good experience, but by then it screwed up my Apple podcast behavior. Mm-hmm. Then I realized in Audible, you can listen to podcasts. So I have some random podcasts there. But then there's this other podcast that I listen to, and they've got these extra episodes on Amazon Music. So I actually listened to that podcast on that player. And then actually the best player out there might be something like Pocket Casts, which is independent. And I primarily use that. So I listen to five. I use five different podcast players. (laughs) But where am I going with this? I was very surprised that Spotify is the number one podcast player amongst our members. Um, Some of you have mentioned hey, you're missing one of the stars, as in there's no Star Wars. Um, we have lots of X-Files articles. We are missing those. They were, those were also shortlisted. And oral histories, like literally, would be the perfect format mm-hmm. for audio articles. Lots of people orally telling us their stories. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things that I think we're going to be doing in a season two, which I'm very optimistic about. It's likely going to be either Rebecca or I going, Merry Christmas, but instead of celebrating, I did an audio article pushing them the next person to do the next one, and then it becomes a race to try to finish it season two before the, you know, new year starts. This is going to be between our Christmas and New Year's time, yeah. Yeah, something like that will probably happen. I look forward to it. So I want to especially thank... Our members, Vicky, Peter, Harry, Tracy, Stephen, Sarah, Megan, and Maeve. And actually, a lot more of you whose names I don't know on Discord. I just kind of know your screen names. <laughs> um, for all the feedback you've given, um, lots of you also wrote in uh, emails and Twitter and DMs. Um, thank you for that. And then also, you know, anyone who's filled out the survey as well. It, like, I can't stress enough how gen how much like i genuinely listen read and then try to like implement i guess what yes. you're saying um and i think hopefully by the time you listen to this or about to listen to this we have heard you on the website usability discoverability search all of those things are not being built they are actually built we just haven't released it just quite yet but it will be coming soon and um, you'll still have access to the old website but I think this new one's going to be something really great. I'm excited. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Lawrence. Hi there. This is Chief Master Sergeant Walter Harriman, your favorite gatekeeper. Have you ever wondered what it takes to become a certified Stargate technician? Well, now you can find out because I'm going to share my knowledge and experience with a select group of aspiring and enthusiastic Gators. I want to give you a chance to be a hero too. That's why I'm happy to announce that on March 11th, I'll be taking a small number of students for my class, Gate Tech 101. Tickets are on sale now at thecompanion.app slash events.
you won't want to miss this because it's not just a Stargate Masterclass. It's a Stargate Chief Master Sergeant class. See you there. But for now, Chevron 7 is locked.